1: Today's podcast is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing, by boxers for boxers and I just wanted to take a quick moment just to give a little plug to one of their new fantastic products that have just come out and are available to purchase on their website. It's the Fight Pro 1 Gloves, the new series of Fight Pro Gloves are here, you want to go on their website and check them out, they've been developed by Pro Fighters to produce the perfect glove for daily training and also for fight night as well. Made with premium leather, you know you can count on the durability of the Fight 1 glove. This is the first in the series of the Fight Pro gloves, so if you want to get yourself over there and have a look at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk, go and check out that Fight Pro 1 pair of boxing gloves. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, great products coming out from Bear Attack Boxing there. Really enjoying being a part of their company, being a part of what they do, it's really progressing very very well so i want you to go over there as listeners to the podcast and just go and check them out because they are great products they're getting better there's more products coming out uh, and i'm really proud to be a part of the bear attack boxing brand so get yourself over there www.bearattackboxing.co.uk follow them on all social media go and have a look at them new fight pro one gloves get in the ring with fight pro one Welcome, Fight Fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with me, Sean Basto. Shortly to be joined by Jordy Neald, and we're going to be covering off today's episode, which is Deontay Wilder versus Dominic Brazil. Plus, in this episode, we're going to give our reactions to the weekend's boxing that happened, including Jordan Gill's shock, upset, defeat. Also we're going to be covering off the news and gossip but before we do all that I just want to ask you listeners to go over and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. So get over there and find us and check out all the latest episodes that get posted out on there. If you're not already subscribed to us on any of the podcasting apps out there, then go and check us out. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Podbean, Player FM, we're on TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, even Spotify. So get over there, find us, subscribe to us, rate and review us. It is always really appreciated. So let's get into it then. Sionta Wilder. The first of the heavyweight trio to be in action against Dominic Brazil, former Anthony Joshua opponent. We're gonna be hashing out this now and seeing what we think about this particular fight and the build up to this particular fight coming tomorrow night. So Wilder versus Brazil then, Jordi. Initial thoughts, what are you thinking about this fight tomorrow night? Um
0: it's not um like one of the fights that we wanted. You know, we all wanted um, Wilder versus Joshua or the Fury rematch but Outside of that, you know, there's not that many options for the champions. you got your likes your white and obviously Brazil, so, yeah, it's not the fact we wanted to see, but it's intriguing all the same to see what happens, but I think this week with the crazy comments from Wilder about wanting to kill Brazil in the ring and pay for his funeral and stuff like that. It's just sort of put put a bit of a cloud over the fight, but you know, as with everything in boxing, people people will watch it now or well, more people are watching from these comments and that might be sad but that's just the way of the sport
1: really. It's not the first time obviously he said shit like this, is it? It's like this I think it's the second or third time he's he's gone on record in saying this type of stuff like he's got some sort of obsession. But then his justification for saying these comments is like oh, I've got this alter ego, this persona, when I get into fight mode, when I get into fight week, but I don't think it's justifiable, to be honest with you, and and surely, even though it's only words, surely there's got to be some type of punishment for for basically threatening a man's life, you know? I I don't know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think Brazil...
0: First and foremost, he's handled it like amazingly well. I think he's been all week. He's just sort of brushed it off and said, "You know, that's the and sort of he hasn't le- really got too angry. And that's quite quite commendable because if someone's really making them threats towards you, it mustn't be easy just to brush them off. But the WBC have been out today and said all over the last couple of days and said, "You know, they don't they don't condone his words," or and there's going to be retrospective action in terms of you know a meeting they called it. But. You know, Unless they do something serious, it, it's pretty pointless, isn't it, to just get him in front of in front of a panel and then for him to spiel the same old stuff about it, as you say, being an alter ego. So, you know, there's no space for, there's no place for that sort of talk in sports. You know, a lot of boxers have come out and said, like, what's he doing sort of thing, but my personal opinion is I think he's trying to play the, the, um, the Mike Tyson sort of role. You know, Mike Tyson started saying crazy stuff years ago, but there's a, the thing with it is there's a very, very fine line between trash talking and just and sort of, you know, going too far, for want of a better phrase. And I think he's completely crossed that, you know, saying that, you know, the least he can do is pay for this funeral and, you know, I want a record and uh, I want a body on my record and stuff like that. It's just not, there's no, there's no justifying comments like that. And, you know, God forbid anything does happen. I think he'd be, be backtracking very quickly. But, yeah, it's it's something that we've come to expect from Deontay Wilder. But it's shocking to hear all the same.
1: I've got to admit, like you said there about Brazil, he's uh, he's just kind of, Took everything with a pinch of salt, and fair play to him because there's a lot of bad blood kind of between these two camps anyway, because of the fight with Gerald Washington about 18 months ago when there was an altercation between Wilder's brother and Brazil. After the fact, so there's there's obviously a big needle there anyway. So it is a little bit personal behind the scenes, but to, to go on record and say like I want I want this body on my record. I want I want my, I want to kill a man. It's my legal right to do so. Blah blah blah. Bullshit, man. You know I I don't like it. I personally I don't think it does anything. And. You know, when we look back on people like Mike Tyson when some of the stuff he said was, again, it was injustifiable. Uh, uh, but you look back on it now, 20 years after the fact, and I suppose you you don't think of it like that. But at the time, it was it was quite a bad thing. I remember when he said to, uh, in a post-fight interview about Lennox Lewis, he wanted to eat his children. And, you know, everyone was in uproar about it. Imagine, imagine Deontay Wilder saying he wanted to eat Brazil's children now, in, in this day and age, given how, how touchy people are. Yeah, it's, I mean the whole
0: thing of it is is just is just terrible. It was terrible then, and it's terrible now. And in my opinion, there's no space for it. But you know, this is this is the game that that we're in, and we all love it. it, it it's a spectacle. It's a, you know as much we've said it time and time again. As much as people want to believe that boxing is about two fighters, it's not. It's about so much more than that. And you know, the viewing figures for Wilder Brazil, I guarantee, will be pretty high this weekend, even though it's on at early hours in the UK. Because of this stuff, and you know this this way of selling a fight now is, is quickly becoming a norm. And as I said, he's gone, he's stepped across the line. But you know the way boxing treats itself in terms of you know the way it's governed and the things they allow people to get away with, they're bringing this sort of thing on themselves. And trust me, this won't be the last time he says it, and he won't be the last person to say stuff like this. People will see the the attention this gets now, and I guarantee people there'll be more and more people saying things along the same lines.
1: Well. Let's let's get into sort of the, uh, the 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 main bulk of the show then. Really, we we do these preview episodes in the format of obviously talking a little bit about the 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 careers recently of both men, which we'll do. And because it's such a lot to cram into this one episode, we've got the World Boxing Super Series to to touch on as well. We'll uh, we'll just try and get through as much as we can, as quick as we can, for people to to be able to condense it down. So let's just talk about Brazil first, then before we go into Wilder and talk about Brazil's career. Most people will obviously know Brazil, mainly from when he came and fought Anthony Joshua uh, and lost to Anthony Joshua in the seventh round with a TKO stoppage. Since then, he's gone on to rebuild his career with three back-to-back victories and he's doing really well and actually I've really enjoyed watching him come back to the forefront of everybody's mind and now he's got himself back into this point to fight for the WBC title I mean I wasn't I wasn't happy that he was given the mandatory spot I thought Dillian White was going to get it and it was quite sort of earmarked for Dillian White but you know Brazil got it but he's done well enough to come back and get to the back to this level again to challenge for a world title so for me I, I've got to give him credit where credit's due he, you know he came in as an unknown quantity against Joshua he put on a brave performance against Joshua shown he's tough shown he's durable but shown that he needed to work on a few things if he was ever going to be able to challenge another world champion and I think I think you know without getting too much into predictions I think he will give Wilder some good rounds in there, on Saturday night, and I think we'll see, where he's improved, from the Joshua fight, but I've got to give him, credit where credit's due, for for, for rebuilding, and coming back to this point, what about you Jordy? what are your thoughts, on, on Brazil, yeah. yeah, I mean, he didn't take up boxing,
0: until you know, early 20s, he's, a former quarterback like a college level foot quarterback in the usa and so you know the guy's obviously quite athletic i know his body type doesn't always suggest he's massively athletic but he is he's got you know good engine and he's proven that you know above all although he can box he, he's tough as they come like against joshua he was you know it was probably too soon for him to to, to be facing someone like Anthony joshua at that time but you know there wasn't an ounce of quitting and he didn't look for a way out he was you know the only time that, that fight got stopped rightly so and it was only because you know the referee jumped in. You didn't see Dominic Brazil looking for a way out at all. So you know he's a he's a very very tough man. He's pretty articulate. He's a you know he's a good talker. He's and he's got a cannon of a right hand himself. So yeah, he he has been he's had a good career. He, he's probably just on the edge of world level. I put him alongs. I probably put Dillian White ahead of him, but. You know, he's in that little catchment of a couple of heavyweights who are quite world-class, in my opinion. But, you know, he's been down numerous times in his career, he's got up, he's gone on to win. So, you know, whatever you say about Dominic Brazil, you can't question his his heart or his his commitment to the game.
1: No, and and, and going on to Wilder then, obviously over the past 12 months, Wilder's had two big uh, two well, I'll say two big victories, he's had one big victory a life and death situation with Luis Ortiz, which was a cracking fight earlier on in 2018. And uh, what I was referring to with the two victories is obviously the one over Steverne, but that was back end of 2017. The split decision draw with Tyson Fury is obviously the most controversial fight of, of 2018 for sure. And and, and whilst we, we know our thoughts and, and the listeners know our thoughts on what how that fight went down and how we feel about that fight, he still managed to captured the judges to the fact that he got that split decision draw with Tyson Fury because a lot of us felt Tyson Fury had had, had, had edged that fight and had won that fight so he just about managed to get that draw by the skin of his teeth and in parts looked a little bit amateurish because Tyson Fury is, uh, you know, he's a very slick boxer and, and he was able to outbox him for large parts of that fight. So going in with a Brazil, most people are saying that Brazil's tailor-made for him, and it's going to be a straightforward. He's going to come forward in in straight lines. There's not going to be as much lateral movement as there was in the Fury fight. So it's going to be a lot easier for. He's not going to have to go looking for Brazil anyway. Put it that way. No, I think that's that's perfectly summed
0: up. I think you know that Brazil's not going to be one you know looking to take a step. Back or look into nick rounds, he's going to meet Deontay Wilder head on. And quite frankly, there's not, there's probably not a heavyweight who's, who's lived or a heavyweight actor who could probably stand there with uh, Deontay Wilder and just and just trade right hand for right hand. This just doesn't happen. The guy's got freakish power, but you know. There's a, there's a saying in boxing about the blueprint people, and Tyson Fury gives that blueprint. But um, Dominic Brazil's not Tyson Fury. Dominic Brazil couldn't fight any different to Tyson Fury. So I think as much as we criticize Wilder and as much of a you know an unlikable character he's becoming, you know, his right hand and even his left hand as well. The, the 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 real weapons and the sort of that people can't really can't really live with in in terms of just you know taking one to give one sort of thing so I think Dominic Brazil can't do anything other than be fired with fire and I think that'll ultimately be his downfall but yeah as I said Wilder's career has been a pretty strange one in all you know in all sense and purposes he's in forty second fight now and he's fought everyone from you know Audley Harrison up to Lewis Ortiz and a couple of unknown people along the way he's fought in leisure centres and obviously headlined in Los Angeles and New York, etc etc So, it's been a crazy career. It's, it's probably not one that's done yet. He's only thirty-three, but yeah, at this point, he's. I obviously think he's the biggest one-point-one
1: punch knockout artist that's active. And you know, it's pretty hard to live with that. So, going on to keys to victory for both men, I think it's 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 quite evident what. Uh, both men are going to have to do to try and get the victory here on, on Saturday night. I think for Wilder, it's a case of we know how unorthodox he can be, we know how he swings from the hip, we know how he, he throws the overhands, and he's going to be looking to, 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 to land one of them big punches, either straight down the middle, or from some unorthodox wild angle, to get through on Brazil, and as I said earlier, he isn't going to have to go looking for him, so it's going to make it a little bit easier for him in this fight. So I'm expecting that, you know, that that's the kind of way it's going to go down, but for, for from my perspective about Brazil, if if I was dominant Brazil going in against a guy who's got power in both hands like Wilder, who can who can hit you and hurt you quite quickly, how would I stop him from beating me? Well, I'd probably want to stick quite close to him and not give him the opportunity to get them rangey shots off because Wilder's got them big long gangly arms and when he throws, he throws from a distance to get the full body weight into the shot and that's when it when it lands, that's when it really hurts people, we've seen it you know, against Tyson Fury, he knocked him down twice and it was because Tyson Fury gave him that little bit of space to get them shots off, if you're Brazil and you're the type of fighter that walks forward, you're going to have to try and get close enough to him to not let him get them shots off and he if he'd have to work him on the inside. The only way, he, for me, he'd get a good victory over over Wilder is if he really worked him hard on the inside and, and clearly dominated on in, in inside fighting and not giving the range to Wilder that he needs to be able to get them power shots off. That's how I would be telling him if I was in his corner to do, to go for that fight. What about you? I mean, what, what were you, I know I think you've kind of given your early sort of thoughts on how it's going to go, but if you're a, if you were either corner man, how would you be assessing how to win that fight?
0: Obviously Wilder is just Deontay Wilder. It's not good. You know, his way of winning is not going to change. He can, he's much of the opinion that I can, it's harder than you. So, so, soon as I land it over so I don't think you can really dress that up in any other way there's Deontay Wilder as I said there's Deontay Wilder but in terms of Dominic Brazil I think you're probably right in terms of getting close and trying to smother Deontay Wilder's work and um, he can match Wilder physically in terms of height probably weight and stuff like that so if he can start to bully Wilder you know that that might be a way in but I think in the Fury fights, there was signs that Deontay Wilder did sort of start to feel sorry for himself a bit when he when he couldn't get Fiore out of there and you know he, he dropped a few rounds albeit to an expert boxer like Tyson Fury but yeah I think you know if you can if you can just if Dominic Brazil can you know really get through the first couple of rounds because I think with everything that's been said and the way he's been acting I think you know rounds 1 to 3 Wilder's really going to come to to take Dominic Brazil out in spectacular fashion so you know you've got to be saying to Dominic Brazil if you can get through them first three rounds if you can sort of Dense his confidence a little bit. If you can take a couple of shots and show him that you're not going to go anywhere, then maybe you know grow into the fight. But I think it's going to be pretty much you know whether them whether them face few rounds and then try and work himself into the fight. But it's a big asking, you know, where any, if there's a division where you're going to spring an upset. It is the heavyweight division. Dominic Brazil can whack a fair bit himself, so he yeah, has a big ask. But it's not impossible. But you know, you've got a you've got
1: a side with with Wilder in this one for me. And I think I'd probably be inclined to go down the same route as you. And I I, I'm, I find it hard to see anything but Wilder eventually getting through and really hurting Brazil in this fight, and I'm probably going to say, it's going to be, uh, between five and seven, I'm going quite bold this week, and I'm saying between five and seven, it's going to be stopped, and Wilder's going to pick up the victory, I can see him getting through, and hurting Brazil, now we know how tough Brazil is, but there's only so long, he's going to be able to take, full blooded shots off, of a really really hard puncher, and, I see, I see him getting worn down throughout the fight. The same way, really, Joshua did, to be honest with you. You know, he wore Brazil down throughout the fight and eventually stopped him in the seventh round of their bout. So, I can see that going the same way. So, I, my prediction for, for Wilder Brazil is going to be between rounds five and seven, Deontay Wilder stoppage. I don't know how brutal it's going to be. It might be a referee stoppage. It might just be a, a cold knockout. I don't know, but... That that's how I envisage that particular fight going. Is I print that's pretty much the same with you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I don't think you can really argue with that. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if, if Wilder took him out early just just with the, the sort of mood you can see him in and in, in terms of and if he overwhelms Dominic Brazil but I think you know it's you saying between a mid round stoppage probably is probably the most logical thing at this point.
1: So there you go. That's our prediction and breakdown for the Wilder versus Brazil fight because there's so many decent fights going on this weekend that we need to try and cram into this episode we're going to move on we're going to go over to uh, another huge card going on this weekend in scotland world boxing super series is back and josh taylor is looking to become a world champion by facing off with undefeated ivan baranchik for the ibf world super lightweight title and WBC Silver super lightweight title, he's on the line in this particular bout, so this is going to be a good fight, I'm really looking forward to this one with Baranchik, a lot of people not giving a Beranchik as much of a chance as you would expect given that he's the champion and most people are favouring Josh Taylor's seemingly fantastic boxing ability that he's shown over the course of the last three years the way he stepped up from that sort of Commonwealth level uh, and been in there, beat prospects like O'Hara Davis, he beat Miguel Vasquez Victor Postal, Ryan Martin in that quarterfinal last November so he's really shown his abilities just it goes every fight he seems to get better and better and uh, we're saying we're saying it's about Canelo the other week Josh Taylor's the same every fight I see him in he just seems to improve every time and I think this is going to be no different I think we're going to see him step up to a level that he's not really been at before against a guy who's also undefeated but I think he's a little bit limited in areas where which I think will be his downfall and I think Josh Taylor will, will potentially expose him but I wanted to get your thoughts on it then Jordy. what are your what's your take on this Josh Taylor Branchick fight on Saturday Yeah pretty much echo what you say but I think you know you can't say josh
0: taylor's improving with every fight but i think that argument's pretty valid for even branches as well i think he's been you know brilliant since he obviously he's been bubbling away over in the usa but you know since he burst onto the scene pretty much through this tournament and a little bit before he's been you know you can't really fault him either he's you know his his nickname is the beast and that sums him up pretty perfectly he doesn't stop he's a come forward pressure fighter he's you know he's made of some real tough stuff he's got a respectable bit of power and he's certainly no mug. I don't I really you know, we spoke about Betton a couple of times and over the over the last few months, but I don't think this fight as wide as the, the Bookies have it at all. I think it's by far in a way the biggest test of Josh Taylor's career. You know, maybe you could argue with the Victor Postel thing because, you know, Postol's a great fighter himself. But I think just all in all, this fight, the the magnitude of it, the how good the show is, the the exposure and the obviously the two fighters, I think it's it's a it's a brilliant fight. It's you know, I really, really can't wait for it. I think it's probably one of the fights of the year so far. I, can't, I just can't see how it's a bad fight. Both guys can whack a little bit and, you know, both guys aren't, aren't scared to, to get into it. You know, I don't think... Josh Taylor's sort of got that thing, hasn't he, where he, he, he does see the red mist a little bit sometimes and, you know, someone like even Baranchuk who's going to be right in his face, on his chest, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he was butts and head butts and stuff like that, I think, you know. Even Brancic might be looking for Josh Taylor to to see that red mist because he's an expert boxer, Josh Taylor. And- If he did just box, I think he'd he'd beat even Brancic. But you know, there's there's many ways this fight can play out, and I really can't wait for it.
1: I've got to give Brancic his credit where credit is due for him as well, because he stopped uh, previously undefeated, uh, well, previously unstopped, Peter Petrov, and then he beat Anthony Yigit in the quarterfinals. And Yigit's eye was just horrendous at the end of that fight, which is why obviously was uh, uh, eventually he was pulled from that fight. But he's got credit because of the way he systematically broke his opponents down guys that you weren't expecting him to to, to, to finish in the way he did and it's it, again, you said it there's a valid argument for Barancic to, to be in with the shout and I wouldn't be surprised if Barancic no, no, I wouldn't be surprised if Baranchik turned up. And, and shocked a lot of people on Saturday night. I wouldn't be surprised at all, but I do see Josh Taylor winning, and that's kind of where I've set my mind on what his skill set is against what Baranchik's skill set is. And I think he's, you know, he, I think he's just a slight little little bit of a level above him, and I think he will beat him on on Saturday night. But it's a cracking fight. It's a cracking fight to be held in Glasgow. A cracking fight for the Scottish fans to be getting and an opportunity to see yet another Scottish world champion come through the ranks. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, if he does win that this world title, the the roof will blow off that, that hydro in, in Glasgow, and rightly so. But, you know, just going away from this fight in particular, I'm sure we'll go back, but, you know, this card, the two the two main events, you know, Rodriguez, and and Baranchuk-Taylor, you know, I don't think we've seen, like, a headline that could in the UK for, you know, a double headlines headline, for want of a better phrase, better than that in the UK for a long time. I think, it's you know, four absolutely brilliant fighters, two fights that just can't disappoint. And, you know, I'm sure all the Glaswegians will be be out in the numbers and probably
1: from further afield as well but you know what a what a fight or you know, what a couple of fights to watch live if you can get there you gotta be you gotta remember as well with this one that all four fighters in this are undefeated yeah that, that's and right such... the shows, they're all
0: absolutely brilliant but it's just such a it's an amazing card and you know we're getting it for only our subscription fee that we pay on on sky it's not pay-per-view or nothing and some of the dribble we get fed on pay-per-view and then you know you get this on a standard saturday night fight night you know Anyone who's, who doesn't like to buy pay-per-views, they should be saving this card because it's absolutely brilliant. I'll be I'll be sitting watching and, and I won't be moving for the duration of them two fights.
1: Yeah, no, there's going to be some great, great events going on over the weekend. We've got Wilder Brazil, we've got the World Boxing Super Series card, we've got obviously a new AM Rodriguez, both undefeated. Yeah. Uh, some, some great events going on over the weekend. One event which has uh, kind of been completely overshadowed by the fact that we've got these big events over the weekend, is Billy Joe Saunders fighting for the is it? It's a WBO super middleweight title that Gilberto Ramirez has finally uh, admitted that they're uh, vacating.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Billy Joe to become a two-weight world champion against the guy, you know, twenty-seven and three, I think, or twenty-seven three and two. You know, you'd, you'd expect Billy Joe to win to win um, pretty comfortably for. You know, we've just been talking about brilliant cards. I'm sure we'll have a chat about the Anui fight in a minute, but, you know, this is probably the polar opposite to a brilliant card. That's Stephen Steve and Jeff C. I think. You know, the, this, it, there's, you look at the card, there's not that much you want to be really watching. <laughs> if you're totally honest, you got, you know, you like to see Harley-Benz and stuff further down the card and, you know, still without opponents. And oh, Joyce against off, which is a non-event really obviously Boy Jones
1: is actually in a good fight should be in a good fight but yeah not Frank's greatest card in my opinion Going back to the Inoue fight then and Rodriguez fight just to, to, to touch on it uh, it's a fantastic fight that I'm really looking forward to as well you know we, you touched on earlier about the card being a monster card for a Saturday night and something that we wouldn't normally expect to see on a normal subscription based channel which we, is what we're getting and, and the fact that it is actually on Sky as well there was obviously all this talk of will it get a TV deal a couple of weeks ago and then we find and they got the announcement that it was going to be shown on Sky, which is is fantastic for for boxing fans who have just a normal subscription to Sky because now we're going to get to see it on on, on a televised channel, which is fantastic. But this a new a fight then, and Rodriguez. It's it's a, it's a very intriguing fight because obviously everyone is hyping up a new uh, You know the, he's nicknamed the monster. He's de- demolished Jamie McDonnell uh, in, in in one of his fights recently, and then he de- demolished the. Can't remember the other fella's name who we knocked. Piano, that's it. Giancarlo Payano, he absolutely dropped him within seconds of that fight taking place, and this guy is just hes just a bit of a phenomenon at the moment, but Manny Rodriguez is a guy, when I first when we first started talking about him last year we was like, you know, he's this sort of unknown quantity will he come over, will he, you know how well will he do, will he be able to upset the odds and he's, he's really burst onto the scene and he's really shown how quality of a fighter he is, so I'm not really too sure what to expect in this particular fight, i I, I don't really have a favoured fighter in my mind as to see to, to see who's going to win. Maybe people will go for a new What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. Rodriguez
0: did burst on the scene. He dismantled Paul Butler, didn't he? And you know, and then obviously when he's just been going from strength to strength since, I think he beat uh, Jason Maloney, was it? And so, so in in his next fight, and he's he's a brilliant fighter. He's obviously Puerto Rican, tough as they come. He's got brilliant skills from a bit himself. But you know, a sums up his, his his name as well. He's the monster. His, his power's freakish. You know, as you said, we've seen him just mollish um, Piano and McDonnell. But I think I, I do just want, in this fight, I, I hope... Um Rodriguez can maybe just just take the power of a and, way and I'd love us to see, you know, what what a has got defensively, and whether he can, you know, take a bit of stick himself. And it's a brilliant fight, though. I don't think Rodriguez will be uh, intimidated in the slightest. It's been bubbling this week in terms of the teams have been having a go with each other, and you know, it's, it's an absolutely cracking fight against two brilliant fighters. And you know, the bantamweight division is is, is brilliant as it as it stands now. And you know, these two up the extreme of the crop. But yeah, I think, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if a new way added another KO to his record. But, you know, don't don't get it wrong. This is this is a real real test for a new A and the Manuel Rodriguez, is
1: definitely not a seven to one shot. The bookies are saying he's a he's a brilliant fighter himself. I like I say, I'm intrigued to see how it goes down because I don't have a favoured fighter in mind who I can honestly see. Like with the prediction we did for Wilder earlier, it was quite clear in my mind who who was gonna win and how they were gonna win, but this one, I don't know, because I could sit here and say, we will go in there and blast him out and, and we'll all be sitting here. You know, absolutely raving about the fact that he's he's one of the best out there. Uh, we know he is anyway, but this will just even more substantiate that claim. But then we don't know if Manny Rodriguez is going to go out there and give him a boxing lesson and, and take that power away, as you say, and and completely outbox him. So it is quite an intriguing fight, and obviously the bookies are, are not favouring uh, Rodriguez in this particular one, and, and understandably they're doing that because of the reputation of Inoue quite recently, so that's understandable but I I just think he's uh, I think he's a little bit of a dark horse here and I think he might be able to pop the little bubble of Nao Inoue I think on Saturday but we'll see, we'll see, I'm looking forward to it, like we've said earlier, absolute fantastic card, really looking forward to the action going on over the weekend and we didn't get the chance to do an earlier record in the week to cover off the weekend's action last weekend so I said we'd try and touch on some of the stuff that happened last weekend uh, in brief detail while we were in the episode as well. And I think the I was away, obviously, as you know, over the weekend, as the, the listeners won't know, but I was on holiday. So I didn't get the opportunity to catch up with it there and then at the time. But I've had the chance now, and you were watching it, Jordi, especially the uh, the next-gen card, and... The third thing that sprung out to me was obviously Jordan Gill uh, falling at the next hurdle and, and getting that shock defeat.
0: Yeah, it was, and you know that's what it was—a shock. That, uh, the venue was pretty much you know silent, but you know he didn't look right from from the very beginning, and you know he did, his punch resistance just wasn't there. And as we spoke on on last week, Tenochol had gone the distance at lightweight with the uh, Devin new people are obviously um, you know making a making a bit of noise about and he's on the edge of a world title himself but yeah I mean Jordan Gill showed toughness and, you know, he, he did he did stick in there but, you know, he's he's now said he was ill, which is, you know, not something you wanna hear but you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt this time and you know, it just shows that you can't jump them levels too quickly if you're not you know, if you're not hundred percent there and I'm sure he, he's gonna have a you know an extended break now. He's been very, very active lately but you know, don't get it wrong, it's a big blow for Jordan Gill and his on his aspirations, but I'm sure we'll see him bounce back and, you know, maybe a rematch or, you know, maybe he'll just leave that Tenochtitl fight because, you know, it was pretty one sided. It was a it was a bit of a beating and, you know, he just couldn't he just didn't have an answer for the body of Tenochtitl. I think maybe
1: you know, possibly a defeat at this stage of his career may be something that is needed I mean you've got to look at the match room prospects recently I can't remember I think you may have touched on it quite recently actually uh, in, in the episode about the fact that we've had guys like Lewis Ritson built up to, to um, you know obviously to be this big potential superstar, dethroned by Patera. We've now had, obviously, Jordan Gill and Tinoco, and then we had, obviously, Ted Cheeseman and Sergio Garcia, and then, obviously, we had that great yeah. fight with Anthony Fowler and, and, and Scott Fitzgerald. So, we've had all these big prospects that Matchroom had under their stable, and, and them them fighters have, have all lost this year uh, in the back end of last year. So, it's, it's looking like, sometimes, we love to see him get put forward for these big fights, but sometimes... And it's evident that it's a little bit too soon for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is. And, you know, we, we can't really complain. You know, a couple of years ago, we'd be saying, you know, all these prospects are getting soft touches and, you know, the padded records and stuff like that. That's not something you can say at the moment. These, they're taking tests and a lot of them are going through it. You know, you've seen uh, Craig Glover as well. I was Christmas time when we were going through our prospects of the year. I was all for Craig Glover and saying he's, he's this and that. And he, he got he got knocked out sensationally as well so yeah it's a bit of a precarious time for for the prospects of the, of the country but you know it's all about bouncing back now and seeing what they got they're going to have a platform with eddie earn as always so it's it's just about bouncing back now and I'm, I'm probably a little bit more interested in the jordan gill story now now he has been beat because you know i felt like it was all just going along a bit swimmingly and everyone was saying how good he is and you know he was, gi- was given all these plaudits by everyone about being you know belu saying he's a brilliant prospect and Coldwell singing his praises at the end and blah 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 and you know now we're going to see really what he's made of and you know i hope he does go on to achieve what he wants to achieve in the game but you know sometimes it's good to see the to see these fighters come over a bit of adversity
1: yeah 100 percent agree and and i think this will make the public love them more you know for ones that they didn't already they're going to love these fighters more if they can come back and they can go on to achieve greatness in the sport that's what you know, I think we all love that type of a story, don't we? I mean, I mean, look at look at guys that have been and done that. You know, we've seen people lose. Some of the greatest fighters ever to have graced a squared circle have lost early on in the career. And come back and ended up achieving greatness. Guys like Bernard Hopkins, guys like Manny Pacquiao, you know, these names have lost earlier on in the career and yet gone on to achieve greatness. So, you know, the world's their oyster at the moment. They've got the platform to do it on, They've, they're going to get the opportunities. It's just about learning and going in there. And I think I would rather see a prospect take a loss at this stage, learn from it get that learning and then get the opportunity and become a champion at the world level because they've had this adversity before. If they have too many soft touches for so long and they get to a world level and they get absolutely demolished, it makes it look 10 times worse in my eyes. If you take a lot at this level, you can go away and say, right, you obviously weren't ready for it yet. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's get you in and build you back up and get you in with the right opponents and then push you back up there. Then you'll have learned. And that's the way I see how trainers Should and promoters should get their fighters going. If you get 20 fights in and you've fought complete tomato cans or Polish plumbers seriously, you're going to come up against somebody who's just going to demolish you and for me that's what happens a lot of the time across the country, especially here in the UK because we get these guys that are really built up to to, to be something special and then they come back and then they get even better and and there's one particular name that sprung out in my mind when I'm talking about this Uh, and with all due respect to zelfer barrett he was one of them guys who i looked at his record and had seen his fights against these lower lower graded opponents or journeymen and thought to myself he's going to struggle when he comes up against somebody who can really give it to him and lo and behold when he fought ronnie clark that's exactly what happened but now he's gone away he's come back and now he's going to be fighting leon woodstock so will they have learnt the lesson with him I don't know, we'll see, because I don't know if he's had enough time to, to come back from that loss. He's jumping straight out of the fire into the frying pan, as they say, so we'll see. But yeah, no, that's just kind of my little, I wouldn't say it's a rant, but I'd say that's what I feel with the the prospects and what's been going on recently with them.
0: Yeah, I think you, you bang on, mate. I think we, you know, as I said earlier, we all, we all call for these guys to be put into... You know, big tests early on and that's what's happening. So we've got our we've got our wish and, you know, as as I've said before, it's about how they bounce back and you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it as you touched on Zelpa Barrett, that's a really good fight in that Warrington Galahad card and that card's, you know, turning out really well. Just being criticised, and Frank's won this weekend, but that card in a couple of weeks is, is really good.
1: Yeah, it is. and uh, we'll be looking forward to touching on that later on down the line so Lee Wood also beat Ryan Doyle on that card Lee, Nottingham's Lee Wood looking to become Nottingham's new hero after the absence of Cal Frotch and he looked really good another fight on Saturday last week that on Friday sorry last week that I enjoyed to look back on the fact that Lee Wood obviously was a guy that was looking to break through you know as a known name and I think he very much did that on Friday night
0: yeah I mean a very credible opponent in Ryan Doyle It was, you know and it was Lee Wood's coming out party. Really, he, he, he dominated the fight. His boxing was brilliant, and then you know you're watching it and just thinking, you know, show us, show us that little bit of power and get him out of there, and you know, really announce yourself. And he duly delivered, and you know, got that Commonwealth featherweight title. Now it's, that's going to open a few doors, and we, I think we're going to be
1: seeing a lot more
0: of Lee Wood, especially on the
1: Eddie shows. Something that also cropped up from that weekend as well, which we've not had the chance to touch on, is Jarrett Heard falling. To Julian Williams, that was a bit of a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, he
0: was um he didn't look right, did he? We we were talking about how, you know, he's a he's a really good a really good fighter when we were previewing it and we were pretty much you know, I don't know about you but I expected him to come through that and I did. He just didn't look himself, he didn't look switched on, he you know, and you can't do that at that level. He looked like, you know, the way um, where his career's going has sort of gone to his head a little bit, and he was coasting, and you just can't do that at that level. And maybe you look back at that Jason War Wellborn fight now, and we all thought, although Jason Wellborn ultimately got stopped for the first couple of rounds, he was having a lot of a uh, lot of success, and you know maybe there was something in that. Maybe it's time for jealousy to. Maybe go up for division because he's a big bloke for that for that division, and you know as as we've said a couple of times in this show, maybe it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But really needs to bounce back with with a bit of vengeance because that was a really really disappointing performance. I was struggling to give him to give him anything in the fight, but really maybe two three rounds. But I thought he was ultimately
1: dominated. And also obviously on that same night we had Isaac Dogbay Navarati too. Navarati just he he, he he had the answer, didn't he? He had the answers to the dogboy questions because he certainly. He did a number on him even more in this second fight than he did in the first one and eventually obviously that led to Dog Bay's corner pulling him out, throwing in the towel in, in the very last round. And I watched that fight back and I was I was quite shocked by how much of a beating I felt Dog Bay took in that one. Yeah, I
0: mean he's got a lot of heart. He wasn't you know, as we said about Brazil earlier, he wasn't really looking for a way out, you know, he was fighting with everything he got, but I just thought from the first fight, I thought Navarrete had Isaac Dogby's number, I don't think. I think that was emphasised more. You know, this weekend he just—it's just a fight that he's never going to win. And nevertheless, a very, very good operator himself. He's going to be pretty tough to to budge. Now he—he's got that, you know, that that belt and stuff, and he's going to be in good fights. But you know, the news that Dogby's going to move up now is probably welcomed. And. You know we can go again, but yeah, I think
1: Navarrete just had his number and it was pretty uncomfortable viewing for a, a, a large part of that fight. It was. I don't know where Bay is going to go from here. I know he's taking a bit of a break from boxing now, which is a, a fair thing to do to go away and reassess the situation, but Navarrete now is obviously now one of the big dogs of the division, so it's going to be interesting to see where his career takes off from here. Uh, any other fights from the weekend just gone that I missed, Geordie?
0: Uh, I'm trying to think I mean there was obviously Birchelt and Vargas. That was a bit of a phone box fight and um Berchelt just did an absolute number on Vargas but um he's probably put himself in the running for a potential Lomachenko fight now and I was really impressed by Birchelt. Birchelt actually is very, very typically Mexican, but you know, he's quite stylish and he's got a good punch selection. He's he'd be a really good fight for Lomachenko, but yeah, there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of boxing to get through last week and you know, as we move into this week there's even more. You know, I don't I don't think we've pretty we've covered you know, every card is definitely going to be something we've missed, as, as we usually do, but the yeah, it's. team... Um it's it's one of them. It's, it's there's a lot of
1: boxing coming thick and fast at the minute. There is, and, and and it's difficult to try and cram it into to, to a, a relatively you know not too lengthy episode for people to sit and listen to because obviously we don't want to sit here for two and a half hours and expect two people to listen to it for two and a half hours. It's for me personally, it's just it's just too much for people to listen to, and this is why as as listeners, you guys, we get these shorter episodes to be able to condense things down and break it down and give you the informative information about what's going on and obviously our opinions on the fights this, this coming weekend. So, no, I we was able to kind of touch back on what had gone on the previous weekend and, and was able to recap on some of the stuff that had happened there. And we've obviously covered the big fights that are happening this weekend. The World Boxing Super Series card, Wilder Brazil, we've covered that. off. We've got Billy Joe Saunders' his world title fight as well, which we've touched on briefly in this one. And I know they are the main cards. I know you mentioned a little bit earlier to me about Ryan Burnett's return as well. Yeah, obviously that's this Friday and you know, it'll be good to see him back, he's obviously
0: a very, very talented lad, Ryan Burnett he's now signed with Top Rank, he's moved away from Eddie Earn and you know, he's making his return in Belfast, which I'm sure he'd be, he'd be really happy about, he's got a, a fight that he should win, you know, he's fighting uh, Gilbert Gomera, who's pretty much been on the road and, you know, he's a tough guy from the Philippines, but he's been beat a, a couple of um, weight divisions above, so should be a good test, it's a you know, it's an alright card, it's something that we can watch on ifl on youtube so you know you take it but i think that's a good return for F but marco mccullough and Declan garrity should be you know a good all-irish fight and there's obviously your usual your usual guys from ireland who feature on the undercard you, sean McCombs and lewis crocker people like that so yeah good good little card there friday night but yeah i think it's a, a low-key return for brian Burnett and there's definitely be bigger things bigger things coming later in the year
1: Yeah, looking forward to seeing him return, actually, and and, and seeing how that time away from that awful injury has, has, has affected him and whether he it'll affect him going forward in, in his career or not so yeah, obviously if anybody wants to catch Ryan Burnett he's back on that show which is on Friday evening, catch that on obviously the IFL's channel on YouTube, you'll be able to watch that and stream that through any smart device so I can't think of anything else boxing wise that's going on this weekend that I wanted to really touch into this episode any news and gossip that you wanted to on this week uh, no I mean I've been so we've been talking all week about
0: about this weekend and it's been pretty much all hands on deck so we haven't had a uh, haven't had to catch up on the gossip so to speak but yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure there is something that we've uh, we've missed out on but yeah it's just been pretty much just you know sorting out this uh, how, how I can watch all the cards <laughs> <laughs> this weekend and, and you know and not miss anything but yeah they really looking forward to this weekend and you know look forward to catching up next week and uh, dissecting it all
1: yeah me too we'll, we'll get back to your listeners on Tuesday with our weekend reaction show but also coming out next week is the return of series two of our ones to watch series and that starts on the Monday so every Monday we're going to be bringing you ones to watch with different prospects from all around the country prospects you'll have probably never heard of but these are the guys that need the exposure and deserve the exposure to get themselves onto that higher platform you'll have heard season one Uh, you'll have heard some of the guys that we've had on there that some of them will really be breaking through this year one in particular is actually fighting on the billy joe saunders undercard which is ash lane he's defending his commonwealth title on that particular card on on saturday night so obviously keep an eye out for for his fight on that card if you do manage to tune into it but i haven't got anything further to add into this week's episode and the preview episode for the weekend any further thoughts and final thoughts from you geordie no,
0: it is is uh, a set Brilliant, weekend for boxing, and hopefully we can uh, have some brilliant fights that will allow us to chat again about boxing for an hour next week. And you know, keep going, keep going with it. here. Yeah. it's you know, the boxing is coming fit and fast this week, so to edge towards Joshua's big card in a couple of weeks. So yeah, uh, all good, and
1: look forward to catching up. So then, guys, thank you for listening as always. And if you want to go and check us out, you can find us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. Subscribe to all the platforms on there, or whichever is your preferred platform that is, Apple Podcasts, you've got Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, you know the score by now, leave us a rating, leave us a review on whichever one you're on, it's really appreciated, look out for all the episodes coming over the course of the next week, ones to watch Legendary Nights, the weekend review and the preview of the following weekend we'll get them all out to you next week thanks for listening guys and we'll see you on the next episode (laughs)